0: Mother. Man.
1: Oh, this is Joaquin Cole, and when I eat the children, I do it with metal a mayhem.
0: Spreading faster than a case of the clap in a trailer court. Able to shatter eardrums within a 666 mile radius. A podcast more brutal than all the rest. It's Murder Metal! All right, what the hell is up here? It's a little different. Got to everybody's remote tonight, and uh, it's Tuesday, and we're throwing down a new murder metal mayhem. And I'm here at Horns High Studios for the Horns High Podcast Network, episode two oh seven, happening tonight. And Chris, you uh, feeling a little under the weather and doing this remotely? How you doing yeah, over just there? I
1: do it from home. Just yeah. figured to do it from home instead of getting around and feeling all fucked up other places
0: yeah and your your dedication to murder metal mayhem is is exemplary because i know we've, <laughs> we've all done a few episodes under the weather so it, it sucks when it's got to be uh you all right and right. uh joey how about you over there in the 419
2: uh not doing too bad over here hanging out my whole fucking day i felt it- like I don't know why it just felt like a Monday to me for whatever reason. But uh I've been at work like fucking every day forever, like since I saw Chris and Courtney, fucking I've had to work every single day. Oh wow, at least a little bit. Yeah, and fucking so for whatever reason my head was so fucked up, I'm like kept thinking it's Monday, it's Monday, and like four <laughs> times today I had to tell myself, Oh fuck, we got the podcast tonight, you gotta go <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> right,
3: right. That's I was funny. like, I
2: can't go. To De- I can't go to Detroit and get a bunch of fucking weed. I got to do the podcast. What the fuck? <laughs>
0: yeah, definitely. And it would not be good if you forgot about us. We would, we would feel injured. All right. Well, last week, or I'm sorry, the t-shirts, uh, Chris. What are you wearing over there, the nation?
1: Uh, I got, I got on the yellow fucking aborning grind media shirt. Fucking represent uh, fucking goddamn Georgia.
0: Nice. And Joey, you look like you've got a Disney-inspired uh, yeah. shirt going on over there.
2: I got the co-hanger abortion shirt because uh, our buddy fucking Eric Grant, who fucking does blasphemation and he does Tampa Death Fest and Grindfest, uh listener to the fucking show and fucking supporter, but um, he just announced the fucking Tampa Grind Fest fucking lay- or, uh, lineup.
0: I with- saw... Uh-huh.
2: I'm playing that, but also uh, Co-Hanger Abortion, the shirt that I'm wearing, they're head in the second day. so
0: Nice. Nice. Okay. Hey, I was going to say congrats. I saw that lineup. That's killer, dude.
2: Hell yeah.
0: Awesome. And I'm wearing my Death Sound of Perseverance t-shirt. So, And I got uh, CCK behind me wearing his Metal Blade shirt, as always. So uh, we are chilling the fuck out and uh, ready to do some Murder Metal Mayhem. Uh, now yes last, we last week we hammered out our first episode of 2023 with a feature on the acid bath murderer. Chris, that was a pretty brutal one, man.
1: Uh, yeah, that's a good way to get rid of bodies. I guess if you're not going to leave pieces and
0: shit. right, <laughs> but he should have boned up on his law because he screwed up on yeah, that whole corpus delicti no <laughs>
1: Yeah. That doesn't mean you can't get fucking. Indicted or whatever on the fucking
0: shit right so that was a sick and twisted uk case going back to the 1940s uh with that demented bastard and uh you know the whole acid bath thing which is just you know joey we talked about that i mean that's one of those cases like that you definitely know because you know that's so shocking
2: yeah well i mean A lot of people know it, but I'm hoping that our listeners, our uh, loyal listeners that listen to our podcast of it, I hope that we gave them a little bit of new information that got a little more insight into how crazy that case was.
0: Yeah, I hope so, too. I mean, we did pretty well on listens. We're passing 900 to it today, so that's good. So we appreciate you guys that did check it out. If you missed it, though, I also did. (laughs) <laughs> the metal feature on heavy metal parking lot, guys. Did I, did, <laughs> I, yeah. did I do that justice
1: there last week? Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Hell, yeah. If any of you listeners good. ever
1: check that out after you heard about that, let us know because that shit's classic as fuck.
0: Yeah, and I posted the link to it on our Facebook group. So if you're a listener fuck and yeah. you do Facebook, um, I've got it there. I need to put it permanently on our website. I think that would be really cool, so. Uh, It's just so rich, man. It's just good stuff. So I did that. We did a killer cage match. You and Joey, Chris, had a great New Year's Eve story, which was good, uh, about you guys being able to visit. So that was a good episode. So if you missed it, go check out episode 206. Um, Like I said, passing 900 to that one today. Uh, Tonight, though, we're going to be doing a case. I bet a lot of our listeners have no idea what this one's about. Uh, A German case. So we're going back over to Germany for probably the ugliest bastard I think I've ever (laughs) seen in my life, Joey. I mean, what the fuck (laughs) with this dude?
2: That motherfucker looks like he waits under a bridge and makes you ask three questions to get across.
0: He does, dude. That's why <laughs> I was saying last week. He looked like something from under a bridge, you know. And uh,
2: I, I'd have called him Kroll the Troll if I had been able to bully him. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, this dude is just bizarre looking and just freaky. So old Joachim Kroll, the German serial killer that was active from 1955, to 1976 Oh Jesus Christ 21 years brutal uh, he was found guilty of only killing eight but he confessed to 14 and with that long amount of time that he was killing there is a pretty good chance there's some more but this was one horrible motherfucker I mean we're talking checking all the boxes pedophile cannibal <laughs> necrophile I mean, all around just fucking bestiality. Yeah, bestiality. I forgot about that. So this dude is just fucking whacked. (laughs) Uh, And I'm anxious to get into this one in the murder segment. So that should be good. That should definitely be good. Uh, Chris, you got the horns tonight. And uh, what did you decide to do?
1: Doing motherfucking goddamn gore, porno, grind, cock and ball torture. Fuck, cock and yeah.
0: ball torture definitely uh your grandma's you know probably favorite band <laughs> little german grindcore uh i had never heard Shut them up. before i've heard of them but i never listened to them so i was listening to it today when i was ripping some audio and it was like holy shit this is definitely some <laughs> sick like- shit
1: I was like listening to him over the weekend i was on spotify and i searched up cock and ball torture you know how it gives you different suggestions when you type shit into spotify or whatever right so and one of the suggestions was for this podcast called fucking uh the smut pod podcast i'm like what the fuck is this so i click on it and it is literally all it is is audio from pornos that's it it's just <laughs> porno audio oh wow. that's funny <laughs> i was like what the fuck <laughs>
0: So, yeah, that should be good tonight uh, to hear about something I don't know anything about. always love doing that. And so I got a Lost Classic for us, another German band. So we're going with all German tonight on the bumper music. So that should be cool. And so stay tuned for the metal segment to hear about some of that. And we got a brand new killer cage match, guys. That's one of our favorite times. 75 killers, 75 objects for to fight with. They're going to fight to death in the cage, and we get our listeners to give us those random numbers. Chris, who do we want to say thank you to this week?
1: Tonight we have Justin Morris, Juan Molina, and Ray Badmofo McFalls.
0: Hell yeah, Juan Molina there, bless with pain. That's, uh, that's oh, yeah. awesome, and good to see old Ray McFalls back there and our friend Justin. So that's uh, oh, very man. cool. And uh, we got an interesting matchup tonight in the cage, Joey. What do you think about this?
2: Well, tonight we got that uh, that little old man Ed Gein. right, likes to make fucking likes to make shit out of uh, human bodies for his house, and he's going to go up against fucking Peter Kurt and the vampire Dusseldorf. So. This will be a pretty
0: fun one. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> is a weird matchup. Just Ed Gein fighting anybody seems like a mismatch situation, but uh, it'll be interesting because those objects, Chris, can always change things dramatically with uh, with what's happening. So, and variables, music, we got it all. So that'll be in the mayhem segment. So you want to check back for that uh, and keep listening. A uh, big thanks to everybody out there who listens to the podcast. We keep seeing the the numbers rolling in. Uh, we were about 2,500 listens this last week, so thank you very much. And Fuck make yeah. sure That's you guys...
1: Shit. We appreciate you all.
0: Yeah, make sure you guys check out the new website, MurderMentalMayhem.com. You can pretty much do everything there related to what we're doing and listen and buy some merch and do some reading about why we do the podcast and how it all started and some good pictures. So, uh, so yeah, so there's that murder, mental mayhem.com. Now I checked in guys, we are at 640,000 total listens.
3: Ooh. So, getting uh, near at that
0: 666. That's right. We're 26,000 listens away. So uh, we're getting there, and we appreciate you guys that do listen and keep on spreading that word so we can get more uh, listens and get closer to that ever-elusive 666,000 total listens to Murder, Metal Mayhem. Oh, yeah. All right, well guys, we got a lot on our plate tonight. We're going to be taking another trip across the pond heading to Germany where the beers are flowing. And unfortunately, <laughs> so are the sick and twisted serial killers. So Chris,
1: hey man, like uh having a lot on your plate with tonight's dude is not a good thing. So but let's get our murder on. <laughs>
0: All right, that was Surgical Strike, a great German band. Uh, we interviewed them a while back, and that was their song. Oh, we did. Yeah, five, I really like those guys. Five two seven, good band, uh, killer thrash metal. So German, keeping with that German theme tonight. So, all right. Well, we're going to be talking about the case of Joachim Kroll. Uh, I've heard it pronounced a few different ways, but that's about the the closest I can get to it a uh, german serial killer who's actively killing as we said from 1955 to 1976 which is nuts uh he really stayed under the radar so it's very possible uh that the body count is much higher than reported um uh, right. is known to have killed eight women and girls but you know we talked about pedophile necrophile cannibal and chris you mentioned bestiality. So this dude is just awful, complete piece of shit. Uh, The youngest victim was only four. Uh, The oldest was 61. So just a a wide range there. Um, And he confessed to 14 murders that took place in the industrial areas of Western Germany. Uh, The police captured the wrong dude and put him in prison for years before the truth came out. And this is one of the ugliest bastards I think I've ever seen. And definitely, like something out of a horror movie, man. I don't even know what I, I might to, ta- have to
2: uh, I might have to draw Joaquin Kroll for the new activity book.
0: That would be a good one, dude. Definitely. Especially with those crazy glasses he's got on.
2: Kroll the troll will make that for sure.
0: Yeah, right. Well, Chris, Kroll is definitely one that a lot of true crimes are probably not going to know about. But if this guy wasn't tailor made for Murder Metal Mayhem, I don't know who is. Uh, he's
1: definitely one of the ones that we need to talk about is the vile acts that he committed and like you said, the way he looks is just scary anyway. Like, right. He had a rough childhood growing up and shit, so
0: he really did. And like if you looked up serial killer in the dictionary this guy would definitely be there. It's just just so (laughs) fucking creepy, man. I just get a kick out of it. But we do like to do the obscure cases, so I think this is definitely a good one for us to do. And, Joey, it's amazing to think this guy stayed under the radar for that long a period of time, but he was so careful um, the way he picked his victims out, really did his homework.
2: Yeah, Yeah, yeah. He was pretty meticulous and everything was pretty much, you know, stayed in the shadows until the very last one that we'll get to. But overall, yeah, he was like a boogeyman for sure.
3: Yeah.
0: He was able to stay, you know, I think just because he was doing it away from home, which we're going to talk about, you know, that is definitely a huge uh, way to keep yourself off the radar is not kill close to home. So um, but, you that know, helps. yeah, I mean, and, you know, like guys like the Green River Killer, I mean, they proved that you don't necessarily have to be the smartest guy in the room to stay under the radar. You know,
1: definitely not with this guy.
0: Jesus. I mean, Green River was what, 60, 70 victims or something like that. Yeah. I mean, holy shit. Yeah. And he was like barely, a you know, average <laughs> intelligence but he was just smart the way he did it. Very cunning. And, and of course with green river, he's killing, you know, prostitutes, which we've talked about that, you know, many times of how they don't seem to be looked at as actively when it's prostitutes being murdered. But nonetheless, I mean, that's a lot of bodies to, to keep doing, uh, you know, without the police knowing it's you. So
2: definitely like, like BTK too, you know, so different circumstance because he was pretty much done with his crimes. Dennis Rader was right. And he just got himself caught up. But at the same time, it was just, you know, he was stayed under the radar somehow.
0: Yeah, it's it's really amazing how they're able to do that. You know,
2: Rader uh, under the radar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, this one I never heard of before, and I just stumbled upon this documentary and I'm like, oh, my God, we got to do this one. Um, And I just knew from looking at this guy that we were definitely going to get this case eventually. And, uh, you know, we're going to do our best with some of these German words tonight. But, Chris, you're our resident expert on the Uh, German language. So uh... so, so we'll rely on you tonight, Chris, to make sure we stay straight. So, all right. So so Joachim Kroll is born 1933 in Hindenburg, Germany. Now, if ever a place would be so telling of bad things to come, we all know about the Hindenburg crash from 1937. So this guy comes from a town of the same name only four years before that horrible accident. So I did my homework and checked that out. So I was thinking, man, that... Had to be about the same time. So it was funny. It was only four years away. Um, But he was the.
1: It it isn't even a city in Germany. It ain't even a town in Germany anymore. Oh, really? Yeah, if you look it up, it's not even. I think it's part of fucking uh, Poland, I think.
0: Okay. Interesting. Yeah. That's that's interesting. Totally different name. Huh. I didn't know that. Uh, So he was six of nine kids. Uh, So his father's a coal miner, uh, later became a prisoner of war during World War II. Uh, They're from East Germany uh, and were kicked out of World War II, uh, after World War II to West Germany. And for you listeners out there that are young uh, may not realize that at one time, Germany was two different countries, (laughs) East and West. And when the Berlin Wall came down in the late 80s, then that put an end to that. So.
3: Take down that wall, Mr. That's right. Off.
0: That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, Chris, like you said, man, he had a rough go, man. His family's incredibly poor and living in some sparse fucking conditions, man.
1: Yeah, he had – I can't remember how many siblings he had. He had like fucking – There was six nine kids siblings. total,
0: so was yeah. Nine, okay.
1: Yeah, I was going say, I can't remember how many, but there was a bunch of them. They're all packed into this place. Right. And – this, a couple of things I said that, like, whenever one of the other kids, like, did some shit and they got caught, they'd always blame it on fucking watching fucking, like, he did it so, like, he couldn't build no relationship with the siblings because they blaming everything they do on him. Like, this is a little fucking scapegoat.
0: Yeah, they definitely were mean and would blame everything on him, which, you know, I mean, I know kids do that shit, but... You know, we see this a lot with these cases we do where these kids are picked on. And in this case, you know, he was really picked on at first at home, you know. So he had this just really shitty home life and, um, you know, this tiny apartment, you know. And he felt like he was alone even with his own family, which is fucking sad, man.
1: Yes, it is.
0: You know. Now, Joey, he's a scrawny kid with a very low IQ. So this dude is just not born with many, uh, attributes here.
2: And <laughs> now he's, uh, he's given the short end of the stick, so to speak. And, right. um, has a lot of trouble socially on top of the fact of everything he had going on in his home life. And he just, you know, it seemed like he, uh, he was turned on to hatred at an early age and he's going to show that to, you know, show it off to people as well. And, uh, He couldn't contain it, it seems like. But, yeah, everything fucking added up, you know, sent him on a fucking terrible path for sure.
0: Yeah, it's really sad. I mean, this is one where the home situation really did, uh, you know, not help matters, but the fact he's born with the, you know, low IQ and real small like that.
1: Was it an IQ only like 76 or some shit like that? Something like like
0: that, yeah. stupid low. Right definitely uh, a very low IQ, which is not going to help.
1: Like you said earlier, shows you definitely don't have to be smart to get away with shit. Like, no, you don't have to be about everything. Like, cause he had, he was not smart, but
0: no, he, no. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. He was able to get away for that long. Now, um, I saw that he was so withdrawn that he hardly spoke because he met with so much abuse from everyone around him. And we've talked about bullying as being part of what makes these guys tick. But I think, you know, this kid would have been fucked up with, you know, all sorts of ways at school, um, you know, between his home life and then the kids at school and just this horrible, poor, impoverished environment. I mean, this is like this, like how to make a serial killer. Basically, it's it's awful. Now, once he starts going to school, like I said, things aren't going to get any better. He's he's getting fucked with nonstop. Uh, his father signed him up for the Hitler Youth, which is sort of an ROTC for German kids uh, to indoctrinate them into the Nazi party. Uh, this does not work out well for him either, so he's not fitting in even with those fucking whack jobs. So it is a very very sad situation, but uh
1: right.
0: yeah, I mean Chris, that just sounds crazy to think his dad's signing him up for that shit, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean fucking Nazi Germany wasn't a pleasant fucking place for anybody unless you were a Nazi, I guess. But true. Fucking true. seeing seeing like chicks getting raped like by fucking all over the place by any soldier in general, obviously. Fucking they just do what they want. Right. And fucking like uh Even now today in the Middle East, like, kids with bombs blowing themselves up and shit. Like, you start witnessing that, it's going to fuck with your head a whole lot, man. So Yeah, it
0: it desensitizes you to to violence when you're seeing all that shit going on everywhere, right? I mean, like, I feel bad for these kids, you know, growing up in uh, places in the world where all this conflict is always happening and all this violence. I mean, it's got to be terrible for... For them, you know, feeling safe as a kid. I mean, how could you feel safe in, in that kind of chaos, you know? But exactly. Now, Joey, as a teenager, he starts working on farms, and uh, the 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 nice, uh, the the bad shit doesn't stop fucking coming onto this dude, man.
2: I mean, he's he's apparently not a very good farmhand. Right. Doesn't do too high and. The farmers like basically fucking beat him for being fucking so terrible at being a farmer
1: or right. a farm man. Hey, but now you're fucking out there on your own, and now your boss is beating your yeah. ass and shit. Like
2: what? Yeah. I mean, everywhere he went, it just seemed like you know there was some kind of violence attributed to every situation. So right. his whole path his whole path was violence. So of course he was gonna fall into that.
0: Yeah, and and he was really awkward with women and almost to the point where he was too forward. And, you know, obviously that's going to take him, you know, aback. And then also the way this dude looked, I mean, it was just such a just such a little freak.
2: I mean, I'm sure that nobody wanted anything to do with him. Great. Right. I can't, I, I got to wonder too, like with all the abuse he was getting and the way that he grew up, like you don't just get into bestiality and, you know and he's like hating women like right off the bat and because he doesn't know how to talk to him and shit but i wonder how much he was subjected to being forced to do shit at such an early age you know that right he was having trouble like fucking processing it later on in life
0: it's very possible man and this kid was just man. it was just one thing after another nobody treated him right Um, and at this time he's working at the farm, he's getting really into the butchery of animals to the point where he's basically loving it to the point where he is having sex with the fucking animals, which is fucked up Uh, a little bestiality.
1: Um, and that, that's all you got to do is see a little pig slaughter you get off. I mean.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine. it's
1: a torture song. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> I don't know where you equate the murder of animals with sexual gratification. I'm just, that just is so disturbing. But, you know, the way this guy was raised and how tor- terrible he was treated. I mean, you know, it's. He had to find some outlet, you know, some way to express himself. I don't know, but it's fucked up.
1: Didn't he say some shit like uh he figured it out because he, he found a way to have sex with something that wouldn't fight back or something. Oh after he fucking killed him and shit. Like Oh wow, no, I, I hadn't dude. heard that. Yeah. That'd be uh that's that's a weird way of looking at things. Exactly. Exactly. <sighs>
0: So yeah, I mean the fact that he's, you know, awkward socially, he's nobody's fucking likes him, he's beat on everywhere he goes. It's no no surprise that this dude is about ready to fucking blow a gasket here after he gets sure. done fucking blowing the fucking horse. Um so <laughs> so also he's getting into this shit and Chris he's finally able to have control over something so you think maybe that was the the thing with the bestiality was the the fact that he's able to finally get control over something in his life
1: i mean look i ain't into bestiality by any means or look forward to it, but why would you go try and fuck a cow those things are fucking huge you will fucking sl- they'll stomp <laughs> you into the ground yeah I don't, no
0: I don't know i okay.
1: don't <laughs> Hey, what what is it, Joey? Uh, sometimes a sheep just needs to be pushed to the fence. Right, exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's uh, it's hard to even imagine uh, having that sort of feeling about animals, but uh, I don't know. I mean, it sounds <laughs> like this guy might have been a fun guy to party with, you know? I mean, sure. Hey.
1: If he was in your crew, you'd just be like, hey, guys, like 20 bucks, I can get him to go fuck that sheep over Yeah, right?
0: (laughs) Uh, Hey, Joaquin, tell him about that pig you fucked the other day. Uh, Joey, I heard he was staying at a hostel with some male coworkers and wanted to know what the inside of a cat looked like. Did you see that?
2: Yeah, so he fucking beat it to death and fucking ripped it open. The motherfucker's <laughs> already he's working at a slaughterhouse, so he's seeing bigger animals get butchered. He knows right. what those insides look like. He wants to yeah. see what this little fucking cat's insides look like.
0: Right. So, yeah, that's out. pretty fucked up. I can't imagine what the roommates were were thinking Dude. while all that was going down.
2: I'll tell you fucking something funny that happened. Uh was whenever uh, I was in the Boff and forest uh, with the skiing bitches and shit in those right, days. Right, right, uh, right.
3: Whenever,
2: whenever I first started hanging out with Clay Cemetery Rapist, like he was, he was still underage. Like he couldn't drink, he couldn't be up at the bars. But um, the the horseshoe, which is now closed down anyway, so I can I can say whatever I want about it. But uh, <laughs> I, used, I used to bring him up there all the fucking time. And we would get fucking drunk as shit and just hang out because that was my fucking bar at the time. So fucking, you know, that's just the way it was. But right. uh, I remember, uh, so he's up there like getting drunk and getting fucked up at an early age for the first time. And he's meeting all these up there for Forest and shit. And uh, one of our buddies fucking uh, came up to him and he, he was like wearing Carhartt and fucking all rednecked out and shit. Fucking farmer and uh, he started talking to Clay and Clay's all drunk and he starts telling Clay he's like yeah around here they call me the goat fucker because I go around <laughs> and fuck goat and he kept fucking telling him this all fucking night just fucking with him and Clay was like Bro, is that dude for real? Like, is he the goat fucker? Like, it became a whole fucking thing. So anyway, this, awesome. this kind of this reminded me of that. But, the um, Goat fucker. But
0: yeah, that's good yeah, stuff. the
2: goat fucker. But uh yeah, the cat guts, man. The motherfucker killed the cat, beat it, fucking showed off the cat guts to the other boys, and yeah. they didn't seem too amused by it though.
0: <laughs> no, I'm thinking uh, not. Uh, no, not really. I'd be looking They're for like, another hey, place to live. Fuck man. With cats. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be looking for another place to crash. Um, Now, he gets this weird childlike innocence mixed with this fucked up sense of humor and the whole awkward social thing. He's just such a bizarre, like, combination here. Um, He's getting into now blow-up dolls that he would tie up and hang from the ceiling in his room. (laughs) So, (laughs) this had to be a sight. Uh, After his mother... What's like, uh,
1: like before he started all this killing and shit, like, he used to, like, give the, all the kids in the neighborhood candy and shit, so they were all yeah cool with him anyway, and it was weird because all the parents are like, okay, well, because of his low IQ or whatever, Right, not think nothing but none of it, and then when he starts killing it's like, how do you not suspect this guy, creepy guy that's hanging with your kids all day?
0: Yeah, exactly. Definitely very creepy, for sure. Um, like
1: fucking Dean Coral and shit.
0: A little bit, right? yeah, a little bit. Um, so after his mom dies in 1955, Kroll begins killing. Just three weeks later, uh, the mo- his mother was the only person in the world that he could relate to. Uh, so it makes sense that her death would leave him angry, and you know that she's now gone, and and you know he kills to kind of soothe that. But you know that doesn't last long, and eventually he's got to kill again. Um, and you know, she was the only positive thing in his life. So now she's gone and it's definitely got him fucked up. So he reacts uh with that first victim, 19 year old woman, uh an hour from his home, which is in Duisburg. Uh he rides the bus or train it's to get Duisburg. to these to get to these victims. So he's he's very smart that he's doing it away from home. Um, he tries to grab her and kiss her. She fights him, and then he ends up raping and stabbing her to death, leaving her disemboweled corpse in a barn. So, sounds like a cannibal corpse song. Uh, (laughs) fucking brutal
1: disemboweled corpse in a barn.
0: Species erotica song there you go uh, yeah. now chris the rejection of that girl is what really sets him off man he just rages the fuck out
1: right yeah uh, uh i think that's originally when he said that shit about like i had figured out how i can freaking have sex with because he was like impotent and shit he said so he's like Figured out. That's when he originally said, "I figured out how I can have sex with a girl as long as she's not fighting back. It's cool, like." Wow. So now here I go, and now he's—he's—he reminds me seriously a lot of Chickatillo. Yeah,
0: yeah, I could see some similarities between those two. I mean, definitely a warped sense of fucking sexual gratification. That's for—that's for, that's for goddamn yeah, fucking sure.
1: He just fucking snaps out.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think it's a lot of him with him. It's that ability to control, you know, he could control these women uh, or these girls because they're dead, you know, and that that's that's fucked up to think of it that way. But that's for sure. Now, Joey, he kills his victims uh, very much the same way. Uh, how does he he's he's kind of stalking and, and kind of watching them, And then then how does he strike, man?
2: Oh yeah, he definitely trolls these people, fucking checking them out, uh, watching. He sees a victim that he wants, and then he'll, you know, go for it. But his whole uh, deal was coming up from behind them, right? Because he, and usually it was a young, younger person, female, or just a, a you know, little woman, because. I mean, this dude's not fucking strong at all, so his chances of overpowering somebody are a little less percentage than some of the other killers we talk about. Right. Uh, so he I'm comes sure. up from he comes up from behind, small person, grabs him up, fucking strangles him and chokes him out, and that was pretty much his mo. Um, I don't know. He's he wanted, to, like Chris said, like his sexual gratification came after they were already done fighting like he didn't fucking care about that he was gonna have sex with them when they were just uh object i guess you would say right right and uh so the whole killing part he just needed that to be over as quickly as possible and then he could do what he really wanted
0: yeah i think you're right dude i think you're right um so he would later tell police that he ate his victims because it was the only meat he could eat uh yeah because it was cheap yeah this he wasn't doing it for bragging rights on death row. I mean, this was like some legit you know shit here with this dude, and I'm sure it was another way of getting control. you know we talked about that before when we you know had the Dahmer episode and so many of those cannibals. It's that control thing they wanted you know the victims with them forever. um you know, wouldn't you guys agree with that with this guy maybe? Yeah, 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 Uh, the media called him the Dewsburg cannibal, Um, I saw the police were getting bad press for giving Kroll cake during his confessions, which went on for days, and the media is sort of claiming that they're like bribing him with cake for confessions and it <laughs> reminded me of old Henry Lee Lucas <laughs> yeah, with and, cakes. and the Paul <laughs> Malls yeah so I was like man this is like you know the the, the German Paul. version of that you know but, uh, but yeah all this guy wanted was a little cake and they fucking gave it to him and he was telling them everything they needed to know so you know how the media is though I mean they're fucking ridiculous man yeah yeah speaking of the media, we were watching something last night on the o j trial and all that, yeah, and you know, I forgot about you know a lot of the detail shit, but it's like the ridiculous amount of overwhelming evidence that he did it, and they found him not guilty and it's just even knowing what the outcome is, it still seems like shocking to hear that you know it's just so ridiculous, all right, though so Chris. Running down the list of this guy's victims, it looks like he struck about every two or three years, which is quite a bit it, of time it, between victims.
1: It is. Uh, but, like, his victim range is, like, very wide gap. Like, because the youngest one was four and the oldest one was 61. So, like, right. he didn't have – he didn't care or whatever, whatever. But most of them were, like, teenage – girls or whatever right. but there was the one there was the one dude that he uh that he killed out of all of them there was one that uh him and his girl were in their car or whatever right okay she got he got out of the car he ends up stabbing him and she takes off like well he's dead i'm out Fuck that like i ain't getting killed and yeah, that was the one dude that he killed and even though she had a description of him they couldn't fucking find him even after that wow so it's pretty fucked up yeah. so yeah yeah, that two, two to fucking three-year window, though, like, I think his appetite for the blood and everything, I think there was more going on in between the two two to three-year gap. That, That's like, what
0: I think, man. That just seems like an awfully long time for a guy to cool off that long, that long amount of time, unless he was just super careful and wanted that distance, you know, I don't know. Right. But, uh Joey, most of the details of this guy's murders are fucking brutal. I mean, dismembering, carving pieces off the bodies, disembowelment. I mean, this is like, you know, the most great fucking heinous shit, you know, out there. I mean, horrible stuff.
2: Yeah, he was brutal. I mean, he enjoyed killing uh he enjoyed having sex with the dead bodies so he was in his element through all of it and you know like we were talking about most of the deaths were strangulations but i mean he didn't always do that either um there was a 13 year old that on easter in 1962 he strangled her with her own scarf right uh and then there was you know this other uh five-year-old and i think this was like four years later after that happened and he ended up drowning her in a stream and he said he did that because he just wanted to see what it felt like to drown someone. So right. he is definitely like his MO's changing up just because he's trying to experience the different ways of doing it. So Yeah. Pretty weird.
0: Yeah, definitely uh just some really perverse, horrible shit. Um and I did see, though. I mean, it happened more than once. But in one of the cases, uh, the boyfriend of one of the victims in 1966 was falsely accused of his murder, and he was eventually let out of prison when they realized it was wrong. But I mean, there were other ones like that. I mean, that's that's pretty fucking horrible, man.
1: And that that was like multiple people that ended up going to prison. A couple of them ended up dying. Yeah, for a crime he committed.
0: Yeah. Unfucking believable, man. So
2: They were saying uh when he killed uh can't remember which fucking victim, sixteen year old girl, oh Manuel and not he killed her, but after fucking mutilating her, he fucking masturbated over the body and fucking uh, he he came all over her face and her genitals and shit and it, there was so much that whenever the officers first fucking found the scene and shit, they thought it was multiple people that had did it right. multiple guys, but Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Damn weird.
0: That's fucked up, man. That's definitely fucking whacked. So there's another 11 year old victim in 1970 that had an innocent man put in prison for the murder. Uh, he lived close by and was a father and was accused Uh, And some of the neighbors didn't help him out by fucking making him sound really guilty. So eventually he gets released, but event and commits suicide six months later because they harassed him so much. And he didn't believe they didn't believe he was innocent. So he couldn't live with himself. I mean, what the
1: fuck? Yeah. They're not chasing him down the street, calling him murder and everything. And dude's like, didn't do nothing. He's like, why are these people ostracizing me like this? And get, he's like I can't take it no more. Fuck yeah,
0: it. it's fucking horrible, man. They had his daughter on one of these. I just like fucking heart-wrenching shit. Um, and it was the four-year-old, though, the last victim that proved to be the ending of old Joaquin Kroll because he fucked up and killed a girl who lived on the same block as he did. So it didn't take them long to figure out who the creepy weird dude is that like to give candy to little kids. But they had no idea that he would be behind so many, and that definitely fucked them, you know, knocked their ass for a loop. Uh, He began to take the police to the different crime scenes. He had this photographic memory, which is amazing. Which
1: Yeah, I thought that was strange that, like, his little, like, like how smart he was not, like me. Like, and, uh, but yeah, that his memory, though, like he just retained shit. Yeah. And, like, it's crazy. Like showing, going to the places and he can remember like certain trees. Okay, this is what happened at this spot.
0: Right. It's so weird. It is to think that they can have that sort of memory and be, you know, a very low intelligence like that. Just incredible. Um, So there were cases where he wasn't able to figure out the areas, but... You know, a lot of that was due to like new construction and, you know, things looking different. So, you know, no big surprise there. Um, But, you know, he was pretty accurate. And, Chris, the police are building up a timeline for these murders, but there's these gaps that they just really couldn't be sure, you know, what happened in that, you know, span of time.
1: See, that fucking whole photographic memory thing, because he couldn't remember One, they'd say something he's like i can't remember but then something would pop up into his head or whatever and like oh yeah i remember that now it, like some visual or whatever would pop up huh. it's like i remember what happened like that's fucking that's what i thought was weird about the whole once he got to the site like everything came back like flooding back like what exactly happened right it's fucking nuts. yeah
0: with incredible detail too on some of them which is just uncanny yeah. uh so joey the cops need to put a stop to all this shit um because it's going on for days i think they're running out of cake there at the fucking police station man. <laughs>
2: uh, hey, well and not to mention they had enough cases especially like back then like nowadays like they'll fucking get 150 fucking charges on you just to make sure they stick to you know right but back back then they were they had enough uh to put him away for like basically ever anyway right or whatever they were going to do to him they had him so they were like okay this is i mean 151 days though that's a long fucking time right and and i mean what all you I, how much you got to go over in that fucking time. And and it's all horrendous shit that these people are listening to over and over and over. Right. You got to put a stop to it. That's it.
0: Yeah. And it it is too bad. The families can't get that closure that I'm sure they really want. But yeah, at what point do you just turn it off and say, okay, this guy's going to be, you know, uh, in, in prison for fucking 20,000 years. I don't think he's going anywhere, you know?
1: Yeah, it's not going goddamn anywhere.
0: <laughs> so at least the family of the man who killed himself after being accused of killing that eleven-year-old would, you know, finally know that it was Kroll. And not their, you know, dad or their, you know, husband. It doesn't bring him back though, does it? It doesn't. But at least his memory is not, you know, that, which is would be the fucking
1: memory
3: remains.
0: <laughs> 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 is that sick ripper I right hear in the background?
2: Oh that was pretty close, man. <laughs>
0: it's sad that he has to kill himself, like you said, Joey can't bring him back, you know, or Chris said they can't bring him back. Uh, there was yeah. actually two other men who killed themselves after being drugged into this bullshit. So unbelievable. Yeah, for real. <laughs> I mean, holy shit. Um, I wondered if I yeah. was reading yeah, that, that is- right, but I read that in more than one spot. So there were yeah. three of yeah. them, uh, guys yeah. accused, imprisoned in some cases, and then uh, suicides. Like, Wow.
1: And like, yeah, they should be on his body count too.
0: I was just gonna right, say that. True. Yeah, they yeah. they should be because yeah, that's just collateral damage for sure. Um, and
2: I know at, at least one of those, maybe a couple of, one of them killed himself. Especially because it, everybody that was in his neighborhood and everything else was still being like, hey, you're "Yeah, you're you're the sicko. You're the fucking you know dude that did this and." yeah man that's got to be so rough because you can't even find, you're like no i didn't fucking do this
1: but no one's believing me you fucking lose your right. mind you know right they yeah. let me out of prison i didn't do this like what the fuck man
0: right and chris you had mentioned that he was popular in the neighborhood old uncle joaquin they called him <laughs> and uh, he he would be, Dude. you know, handing out candy and all about these little kids, which, you know, we all know people like that. And they're the most 99 times out of 100, they're harmless. But then you get this sick bastard. And I'm sure Seriously. after they learned everything they did about him, they were lucky that their kids weren't part of that body count, you know.
1: Yeah. After you look at that, you're like, oh, shit, my kid hung out with him all, right. all
0: the time. Right, right. <laughs> So I feel they would, sorry for
1: these other families, but we're good.
0: Right, right. I mean, definitely going to freak people out once you find that out. Uh, but it's amazing how well he was able to hide it. Um, and he didn't kill that last victim, uh, you know, until 1976, which is, you know, when he does that last one there close to home. And he's also dealing with a bad leg, which is why they say he did decide to cl- uh, to go close to home. And over the years, I watched uh, one of the detectives was saying that the killings kept getting closer and closer to his home because of his issue, I guess, he was having with this bad leg. So
2: I can't cry. I got to wonder, too. uh, Go ahead, Pete.
0: No, I was going to say, like, BTK, as he got older, he had to kill older women because he wasn't strong enough to do it. So kind of the same thing, you know.
2: Right. Yeah, I agree I agree with that. And also I, I I feel like part of it too is you're getting away with all these murders like over and over and over. Um, so you're getting more confident in one aspect of it that you're gonna get away with it. But as far as like the proximity to his home getting closer, you gotta wonder if that's also because, you know, in his daily rounds, uh going through his life, he starts seeing some of these same victims over and over and over and he just obsesses on them and i think like especially the one with the the last little girl that he just was like no i want that and i can get away with this shit so i think you just fucking start getting that god complex and he's like no i want that i'm gonna have it and he took her
0: right but right.
2: It, it, was, it was his undoing though
0: yeah definitely man definitely so um you know, it's uh, you know, the, the the police describe how odd this guy is. Um, you know, Chris, they said they found a pan on the stove with some body parts in it. What was the deal with that? Dude,
1: well, it was that was like a whole hand in this pot of stew in there oh, when they came man. into the fucking house. And then, like when they opened the refrigerator, it was like Dahmer's refrigerator, except I guess it's a little more organized. But he just had pieces of human flesh all over cooking it everything and he was eating it and, wow uh, he said he the younger ones because they were more tender like which is fucking a f- sad sad thing to have somebody have to say like i ate kids because they were tender yeah it's yeah, like some he's albert, albert fish shit albert, there yeah exactly like albert Jeffrey, fish. Donald, Jeffrey, yeah albert yeah fucking man yeah exactly fish I was thinking game first yeah
2: fish. well and then, and then fish took that fucking or not well yeah fish but um this was almost exactly like the grace Bud where he fucking ended up taking that one the 15 year old girl cutting off her buttocks
0: right and he brought it
2: home and ate it and it was like you know fucking you know this guy probably had a fucking study of vampire Brooklyn himself.
0: Right, And right. was
2: probably very interested in uh, repeating some of the things that he had done. Or it just seems that way, because he definitely fucking, that, uh, you know, the drink and the blood, all that. I bet he was fucking doing all that shit.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure, man. This guy is uh, definitely <laughs> fucked up. Um, now, um, you know, he, the cops start to figure out how to break through to this guy because at first he was not wanting to talk and one of the cops kind of wins him over. He finds out that he liked to fix things like TVs and stuff like that. So he starts talking to him about that and then, you know, then Kroll kind of thinking, you know, oh, wow, you know, I found somebody I could talk to, you know, and he just kind of befriends him and, and that's what gets him to to kind of open up you know i mean that's that's smart on the cops part to figure out you know what it need what they need to do to you know communicate with this guy man
2: yeah break the ice
0: between that and some fucking coffee cake man he's fucking
2: (laughs) he's your
1: buddy
0: man you
1: know honestly once he started talking though he just let everything go Yeah. yeah i did it
0: Yeah, Joey. I saw that he also tried to flush some of the body parts, kind of a Dennis Nilson thing here. But apparently, yeah. he had the same problem as Nilsson with the blocking up the drain. Man, what the fuck?
2: Yeah, fucking. At least whenever whenever Haig did an acid bath kill, he seemed to fucking get that shit down the drains, you know? And,
1: yeah, because uh, it's basically liquefied.
2: Yeah, nice. but this this dude, nah, he fucked it up, man. Fucking fucked his drains up. The neighbors were fucking pissed. This fucking place right. smells horrible. Right. Uh, it's like fucking Dom or Gacy, you know what I'm saying? With all the body parts. Oh man, they were. Uh, I remember, or I remember that, but uh, they were talking to him and shit whenever they caught him. And he was talking about, you know, the cannibalism and shit, because they found all the shit in his house like Chris was talking about, but right. he was like, well, it, it it's a very hard time right now, and it saved me money, so it's something that I did for economical reasons. Right. And it, that's fucked up, but I mean that I've heard that before in, in, in like other famine times. And there was like a, that. a the
0: Russian one of those Russian cannibal episodes we did that Sasha the cannibal I think yeah, him and his mother yeah, were, yeah, were yeah. doing it to save money because they were so poor. Yeah, it's fucked up, yeah. man. That is and there's serious. That
1: there's that sapphire pamphlet thing from back in the day? I can't remember exactly. It's the long but something about the benefit of eating poor people's, of rich people eating poor people's children to keep them off of their hands or whatever. I can't remember what it's about. I'll have to to find that. Like, it's fucking hilarious. That's fucked up. (laughs) That's
0: fucked up. So, um... When his neighbors complained, though, I saw that he told them it's just guts, so that they yeah, would have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: it's just guts. Yeah, don't and worry about that, it. Like his neighbor didn't think he was like he was like oh whatever all yeah. fucking old fucking cola being silly, and he goes up there like oh shit, and they found like, <laughs> and they, yeah, they found like a like a child's like... Organs in there, like liver and kidneys and whatnot. And then he fucking tried saying that he was just fucking skin rabbit, and it was from that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah, like
1: uh, that's not from a rabbit, homie.
0: <laughs> so he had a real react attraction, uh, what he called a funny feeling for that four-year-old girl. So he was just really obsessed with her, and he winds up luring her into the apartment, strangled her with a stocking and then did all sorts of barbaric shit with her body parts. Uh, she was simmering on the stove, like you said, Chris, when they walked into the apartment. So definitely, definitely fucked up. Um, nuts, the police would say it was totally emotionless. Um, he told them you know, that he ate the, the flesh, like you said, Chris, for the money, uh, to save in the money on his grocery bills. That's just so fucking crazy <laughs> to think of that shit. <laughs> so... He charged, or He's charged with eight murders, even though he confessed to 14. Uh, the public was paying very close attention. The media is all over it, and they're certainly not helping, and they're feeding into this shit. Uh, right. Cole is finally convicted in 1982 for the murders. He was sent to Reinbach Prison, or Reinbach, Reinbach. Reinbach Prison for life. And then nine years later, nineteen ninety-one, he dies of a heart attack at the age of fifty-eight. And that is definitely <laughs> he one he of the off. most disgusting things that we've talked about on the podcast <laughs> for a while. So definitely <laughs> definitely, yeah, he did. Uh definitely a fascinating case. But guys, anything to add to old Joachim Kroll, definitely a fucked up story. <sighs> Nothing I can think of
2: offhand. Okay. Nope, nothing on my end.
0: All right. Very cool. Well, I did my research for this one by watching The World's Most Evil Killers. That was the first thing I watched on this dude. Really good. I love yeah. those episodes they do, uh, they're always really good. Um, I also used Murderpedia and Wikipedia for some of the details. Um, I'll be, I'm telling you, Wikipedia has been better lately than I've seen it in a long time, and I do always check stuff, but for the basic gist of it, uh, it's really been been helpful to use that. So uh, I'm going to totally... People you know, uh,
1: actually wanting to find out or are sick of it being dumb.
0: Probably, probably. Uh, there's not a ton of stuff out there on this guy. I know there's some podcasts.
2: I was very surprised. I thought we've had this dude on the list for a while and I knew the story fucking like for a while. Cause it was so fucked up and I couldn't believe whenever we started or whenever I started researching for this episode, like how little there was. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. I think it's amazing uh, to, to find that out too, that there's just not a lot of it out there on some of these cases. Definitely. You know, this guy was, you know, just fucking creepy as mo- as fucking anybody else out there. That's for sure. Now, I next... think I
2: learned about him uh, the first time I heard about him was in the Encyclopedia of Serial Killers. Oh, okay. Is, it, it been fucking, you know, reissued a few different times and updated, which is cool. But right. yeah, that was like, you know, for I got that whenever I was in my twenties or whatever, and that was like really cool for seeing st- some that you had never heard about before. Right. Uh, so that was a good resource for back then
0: yeah definitely definitely Uh, next week guys we're going to be doing another prison episode those are always our highest rated we've uh, I was amazed I was looking at that again today that almost every prison episode we've done is in the higher uh, percentile of episodes listened to so so you know you guys definitely seem to dig it and we're taking a trip that's right we got our buddy Tex coming on Tex will be on. We're going to be taking. a prison official. What's that? I
3: said our prison official.
0: official. Oh, our prison official. So, yeah, (laughs) he's going to be on there. And we're going to be taking a trip to the West Coast to the old infamous San Quentin prison. So definitely a brutal place. Chris, that should be a good one. Yes, sir. And uh, good history there, and a who's who of convicts, that's for sure. And Texas ready. So many
1: people in Clinton.
0: Oh, hell yeah. Uh, I Danny Trejo. Danny. That's right, Danny Trejo. <laughs> so uh, that'd be cool if we get Danny Trejo on the show. That'd be awesome. <laughs> uh, so we're going to have Tex on with us, and that'll be awesome. So it's going to be good. You know, the ladies, they love hearing Tex on here, and that may be why we get all those extra listens to the prison episodes because he's always on oh, there yeah, with I us. So. All right, Joey, any good page of days for us today?
2: Yeah. Bringing in 2023 throne. I got uh, two of them. One of them's long, so I'll do that second, and one short. Uh, so thanks again, Paige Day. So this first one is uh, one that happened on today's day. It's January 17th as we're doing the podcast. And that's when this one occurred. But January 17th, the 1950. And this is uh, Boston, Massachusetts. And there's right. a. Eleven men break into a Brinks armored car depot in Boston, pull off an unprecedented robbery, leaving almost no evidence behind. Now, planning for the robbery took 18 months, during which the robbers cased the depot, copied keys to get inside, stole a map of the alarm system before returning it unnoticed. And the job itself was, like, pretty much seamless. The robbers wore navy blue jackets, chauffeur caps, and Halloween masks. They let themselves in, tied up the employees. They filled 14 canvas bags with $2.7 million and fled. And it all took about 30 minutes long. Um, For like six years, the robbers went undetected. They didn't even use the cash because what they were doing was they were waiting for the statute of limitations to run out, which would have been January seventeenth, nineteen 1956 but just a few days before that date they were caught up because of bullshit within the fucking ranks which is what happens Always. One, of, one of the one of the robbers made good on a threat to talk to the FBI striking to deal with them after the others had put out an unsuccessful hit on him so eight of the robbers oh, served time okay. eight of the robbers served time and two died awaiting trial Almost none of the money was ever recovered, but legend has it that it's hidden in the hills north of Grand Rapids, Minnesota. So the Brinks robbery of 1950.
1: Very cool. So there's some more money out there like fucking... uh, uh, (laughs) D.B. Cooper's out there still and shit? Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) Fucking one-eyed Willie's ship and shit. Uh right, right. <laughs> okay, so uh this is the second page today. This one's a little longer. This one's cool as fuck though. This one they're talking about the bog bodies of northern Europe. So basically since the eighteenth century, there have been nearly a thousand bodies that have been found in the peat bogs of northern Europe, some dating back as far as eight thousand before Christ B C. Uh, they span countries, sexes, ages, social classes, well, every, every one of them has one thing in common. They all died under violent circumstances. So the corpses, they were basically well-preserved, the skin, internal organs, the nails, hair, stomach contents, and even some of the clothes remained. And that's because of the biology of these bogs up there. Uh, there's a molecule that's known as sphagnum. And it's found in decaying peat moss. And when it interacts with the enzymes released by the bacteria of putrefying corpses, it prevents the microbiome from breaking down decaying matter. So, actually, the only thing missing from these bodies is the skeletal system because the sphagnum uh, makes the the rubbery or dissolving them completely, the bones. So most of the time you have just the skeleton left over and everything else is gone from the body. This is like completely the opposite. You have everything else except for the bones. That's weird. Um, That's fucking weird. Yeah, for real. Uh, Peat Moss also contains humic acid, which sucks water from soft tissue, turning the skin into a bronzed hide. Uh, this chemical reaction allows us to speculate on the violent death that occurred, because you can still see so many of the wounds and shit. So, <clears throat> One of the bodies was called the... I, I can't say. It's Y-D-E. So the Id-Girl. That's what I'm going to say. So there's these peat cutters. And they found the Id-Girl in a Dutch bog in 1897, and they were initially scared away because she had vibrant red hair, and they thought that they came upon the fucking devil. They thought it was fucking Satan out there and shit. And, wow. uh, but <laughs> but uh, a letter that was put in the local newspaper about it attracted the attention of archaeologists who then excavated the 16-year-old girl's body, and they learned that actually she was blonde, but there's these tannins in the bog, that had turned her hair fiery red. So that's why it looked like that. They also found out that she had been strangled with a woolen belt and stabbed above her left collarbone sometime between 54 BC and 128 AD. Uh, CT scans revealed that she had scoliosis, and the alignment of her right foot suggests that she may have walked with a limp And this led to a hypothesis that she may have been sacrificed because back then, whenever they saw physical deformities on people, they saw it as a reason to sacrifice people. Uh, So, you know, that could have been that could have been why that was Um, her hair told another story. One side flowed down to her chest and the other side was shorn off. And this medieval mark was what they would do to a cheating wife and they said that, you know, maybe they killed her because of her infidelity. Wow. Uh, so then they find this other boy. He's the k boy. The remains of the boy, uh, he was about seven years old, and he was found by a German peat cutter in 1922, and he was delivered to a local uh, history museum in a wheelbarrow. Um, the boy was one of the few, <laughs> few ch- uh, they found a few murdered children in the bog, and he said, Uh, They said that he was stabbed repeatedly in the throat between 500 and 100 B.C., and uh, there was a defensive wound on one of his arms. His arms and legs were bound, likely to facilitate transporting the body to the bog. Um, X-rays showed that he had an infection in the top of his femur, and his tibia suggested that he may have been malnourished or had a disease that affected his growth. So, of course, they say that, you know, possibly they might have killed him because of that. Wow. Um, They said now back then though they did say that disabled people held special powers, but but the job could turn deadly if their predictions failed to materialize. So you could speak, you know, you could fucking. uh, There were certain things that you could think that a person could do almost magically because of their disabilities. But if they weren't doing that shit, then fucking you know, basically, yeah. Uh, So then another guy they found was solid.
1: All of them got. Yeah, basically all because they weren't doing that thing, that magical yeah. power that's disabled. All
2: right, so then they find this other dude, the tall man. This dude's perfectly preserved in a Danish bog, and the peat cutters happened to find him, reported him to the authorities, and they thought that they had found a recent homicide victim, because that's how well-preserved this body was. And he had actually been killed between 375 and 210 BC. And that's fucking forever ago. That's crazy. uh, You you can see pictures of this one, and I mean, it's like looking at uh, basically like fucking Han Solo, whenever they fucking put him in the fucking whatever liquid Java put him in. Oh, right. Yeah, it's like fucking perfect. Uh, The archaeologists that examined the man, they observed a peaceful expression on his face, but then they noticed that there was a noose around his neck, and then they found out uh, through radiographs that his tongue was distended, indicating that he had been hanged. He was a 40-year-old, and he was uh, laid in the bog with great care, suggesting that he may have been a ritual sacrifice to appease gods in exchange for a plentiful harvest, which, of course, we heard about that before. Um, right. Cremation was All a right. more common uh, Danish burial system at the time, but Talen man had, may, have or, uh, may have been entered to the bog to provide the gods with a whole and functioning servant. It's fucking crazy. Wow. Uh, they're talking about, I got to talk about two more people and then I'm done. So I'd say this is a longer one, but pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, bog bodies of Northern Europe. So anyway, so the, this other guy is the Grog Bell man. And he was dug up in a Danish bog again by peat Cutters in 1952. Now this is a 20 to 30 year old man. He had been excavated between 290 BC and 310 uh, BC brutally. He had been hit in the legs in a way that made him fall to his knees. Then his throat had been slit from ear to ear. There was a dent in his head that indicated he may have been hit, but uh, more detailed scans conducted in 2002 revealed that the dent was made post-mortem, and they said it was actually probably from the pressure from the bog, or actually probably from a young boy who was wearing clogs that had walked over the corpse during the excavation which he later confessed to doing later on in life. Oh wow! Uh, the the Grobble Man's stomach contents consisted of a pauper's diet, roughly ground porridge and uh, ergot, which is a mushroom that's now used to make LSD. Um, his oh. corpse showed signs of malnutrition, and experts have that's... debated what caused his death. Some said that it might have been ritualistic, uh, owing to the ergot in his stomach. But others said the air guy was actually a common fungus of the day, and the amount of system was not enough to have made him hallucinate. So, the last one they're talking about is the old crow man, and he was found, this is not long ago, 2003. Like I said, there have been a thousand bodies that have been pulled out of this bog over time, but wow. these were just some of them, but uh, 2003 excavators were clearing a drain in a bog located near Dangan in Ireland. Um, the Grobble man Old, or, or like the, Gra, the Graubel man, old Crowhand man, he was brutally murdered. He was stabbed in the chest, disemboweled, decapitated, and staked to the bottom of the bog between 350 and 175 BC. Um, unlike Graubel man, he is believed to have been a person of wealth and status because he had manicured hands and his last meal consisted of grains and buttermilk. Now, based on these observations, they thought that maybe he had been a failed king, a royal contender, or a sacrifice to a fertility goddess. So, yeah, that's the bog bodies of Northern Europe. That's some wow. crazy shit. I didn't know nothing about that before. So. That
0: is that's, crazy. That's uh, interesting. Crazy huh? shit right there. Very Hell interesting. Yeah. Page a day, man. Not letting us down in 2023. That's for sure. All right. Well, guys, I think we have done our fair Definitely share of murder tonight. Heart. So, I think it's time to crank up some fucking metal. And, Joey, what the hell do we need to do?
2: Let's get our fucking cock and ball torture Just because eyes.
0: CK has passed out, Ouch. he's not done educating the masses. CK will forever be the great metal motherfucker. We're here to stomp poser ass and eradicate the planet of their kind. CK has passed the torch to us and we will forge the fuck on. In CK's name, we will bestow metal
3: knowledge upon all of you.
0: All right. We are uh, in the metal segment, guys, and we always yeah. we always fucking bow to the fucking amazing CK. Uh, hard to believe it's been over a year since he's been gone, but we're fucking towing the line here. And dealing dealing metal every week, man. Oh, yeah. And we're doing this show remote, so it's kind of weird with me being here by myself in the studio. But we're making the (laughs) best of it. And uh, we're here doing the metal segment. And Chris, you have the horns tonight. So that's how we do this now. We pass the horns every week. I had them last week. So I am passing you the horns here through the computer to over there, so very good. Oh, yeah. So, so what did you decide to do tonight, Chris?
1: Night, just keeping it. Since we were already in Germany, just figured I'd keep it German. So I decided to do a, a family band called "Fucking uh, Cock and Ball Torture." <laughs> so, like, I'm not gonna lie to you. I spent quite a bit today online. It's hard to find stuff on these guys. Really? Yeah. Cause the shit yeah. that pops
2: up isn't, isn't music related.
1: It's not music related
2: at all.
1: It's, <laughs> it's literally cock and ball torture. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah. So cock and ball torture It's a gore grind, porno grind, fucking band, fucking that formed in Germany. I, didn't even bother writing down the name of this city because it was just too much. Right. <laughs> like, what no, year did no. they?
0: What year did they start, Chris? Ninety-seven. Ninety-seven. Okay.
1: Nineteen ninety-seven. Yeah. So they're mainly, known mainly a lot because they got fucking really like had like groovy riffs, fucking bounce to and shit. It was fucking really awesome and uh, a lot of pitch pit shifted vocals, but they're also widely widely known for their. uh lyrical contents just pornography fucking fetishes perversions fucking bds and whatever fucking they like singing about that shit and it's fun (laughs) (laughs) Yes. so like like i said it's hard i'm basically just gonna go through the fucking album list fucking uh members of the band and that's that's hard to find stuff dude for real
0: yeah. So nobody, yeah, so nobody like, said what their inspiration was for calling it cock and uh, ball they, torture.
1: They just, uh, oh, probably just the porno, fucking fetish shit. They're just like, wow, offensive. Can we fucking be like right. that? Works cock and ball torture. Yeah, I mean they were influenced like bands by bands like uh fucking Gut and Hemdale and shit. It's so, like it's pretty badass. And so but anyway in like '98, uh, they put out their first dp which is called cocktails had 16 tracks of just disgusting fucking, just grind porno shit like all of it, and then in 2000 was their first full length, it's 21 album, 21 track album called a pussy four, which like now a pussy is spelled opus, and the other s y is in parentheses. Oh, it's like <laughs> opus, it's like an opus of pussy or whatever, and. and Again, just the same sick, disgusting jams talking about fetishes. And uh, then in 2001, they put out the EP, five tracks of cover songs by other bands. I can't remember the names of bands that they covered offhand. But that that song's called fucking uh, Fisting the Whores. So if if the name of that album doesn't give you an idea of what they're about, there you go. Like Fisting the Whores. There's a lot of shit like that. And then uh, 2002 was their second full-length uh, Sadokism, which has fucking 15 tracks on it. And that that's like probably my favorite one that they have. I listen to that one, that one alone than any of the other ones. But I wonder if really any good, of these I...
0: albums were offered in the 12 records for a penny thing. You know, the <laughs> RC. <laughs> yeah,
3: <You're> right. <laughs>
0: Mom, can I have this cock and ball torture album?
3: right sure i got the
0: 11 yeah, other albums you could have that one motherfucker
1: you might as well go ahead and just get the uh pussy slap album too fuck it <laughs> 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 and then also also in 2002 they put out another six track EP called uh where girls learn to piss on command
2: love that <laughs> wow so
1: right it's uh, it's really fucking good it's a it's a fucking it's a six track fucking ep but the songs on it are fucking amazing and fucking love it and then uh their third full length is uh 2004 13 tracks track called eagle leech is how i'm going to pronounce it it's e-g-o-l-e-e-c-h eagle leech is how i'm going to pronounce it. i don't know i'm not okay. german and then uh 2006, uh, this word, they put out a compilation album of a bunch of their songs off different, whatever. But it's called uh, Cacophonious Collection, which I looked that (laughs) up. (laughs) Cacophonious is basically like putting a bunch of noises together to make a certain sound or whatever. So,
3: like a cacophony.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like a cacophony. Yeah, go with that. But that was the comp they put on to and then uh just in 2021 they put out compilation c-u-m not c-o-m compilation ah uh, uh, and it's just another compilation of theirs that they t- did uh they took all their fucking songs off the splits they did with other bands and whatnot put all them songs together on there and that, that's the last thing i know of. they put out i'm hoping they're coming up with something new would be fucking cool like new material but uh yeah other than that they're uh still active and and it's basically the same three lineup fucking like uh timo and sasha Pacquiao, they're brothers timo does bass and vocals uh sasha does drums and vocals and then uh tobias augustine does guitar and vocals and i can't remember the nudes name but like from 1998 to 2002 there was another guy that did vocals but i can't remember his name offhand but yeah that's that's basically without that's like cool. fucking killing myself trying to find shit. That's the, that's their that's their discography, basically, the lineup, fucking what they're about, what they do, that fucking they like talking about weird fetish shit and it's fun.
0: Hey. And it's bouncy music. That's right. And it's a German band, it fits our theme for the night. So all winter right. all the way around. Very cool. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Good job, Chris. Um now I thought, you know, with the Lost Classic, there were a few different things I thought about. And then I got, you know what? Going with German bands here. So why not go all the way? And I came up with Creator Live Creation, which is unfucking believable. Okay.
3: For a live
0: album, it's like a double uh, album. It's fucking unbelievably good. Uh, The production is amazing. I mean, for them playing this shit live and they're legitimately playing it live, it's unfucking believable Really, really great album uh, from 2003, so that's going back a bit, but really good stuff. So if you're looking to get into Creator um, or you're into Creator and you just never heard this, man, go check it out. Live Creation, that's Creation, of course, with a K, uh, just like the band, so... That's my oh, lost yeah. classic. All right. What have we all been listening to lately? Uh, Chris, what about you here? I know you've been listening to some cock and ball torture.
1: Yeah, obviously, cock and ball torture. And uh, <laughs> listening to some fucking uh, Waking the Cadaver a couple times this past week. Just fucking love those guys. And uh, what else? Uh, been listening to that Stabbing album. still fucking more than the fucking. That album's so dope, dude. Hell yeah. But yeah, uh, that just random stuff here and there. That's
0: about it. That's cool, Joey. What about you, man? I
2: was jamming some Necrophagia, Black Blood, Vomitorium. Uh, R.I.P. to kill joy from that band. Um, I was jamming fucking the new Anal Stab Wound shit. I just got a package in from New Standard Elite, so I got that. I got the Dark All Slaves new album, which is fucking amazing. Them dudes are from France, and uh, right. I got the Exocrescence album too. Um my buddy Max is a drummer and that from up in Washington. Uh so yeah, a bunch of that shit. I got the I got the blondie fester and Holy Cost fucking splits today. I that. Yep, so I got physical copies of that, the newest shit on my label, and the new Gore Mongers should be wrapped up within the week. So Awesome.
0: Yeah. Awesome. I'll tell you, I've been just here lately. It's just been like one thing after another, just stumbling upon all sorts of cool shit. Uh, I mentioned this band last week, Horrid Sight. I've been jamming that new album, Evil Made Flesh. It's their only album, but it is unfucking believable. Um, I also got and downloaded that new obituary. I don't know if you guys heard I have not listened to that yet. Dying oh, of everything. No, I, I need to. Yeah, yeah it's good. Um, it's definitely uh, got some good uh, stuff on there that I think is a little different than what I would expect from obituary. But it's still got oh. that classic obituary sound, of course. But, but uh, I dig it. And then another band that I stumbled upon, that Riley Death Thrash, that guy that posts all that great shit, a band called Leper Colony, uh, been jamming the shit out of their self-titled album called Leper Colony. That's a, a death metal band from Germany, but fucking badass. Uh, really Leper dig Col- those guys. Right. Yeah, Leper Colony, you'd Understand like them. That. Yeah, it's really good, um, and it uh, reminds <laughs> me of... Um, a little bit of obituary, a little uh, like Morbid Angel, uh, definitely, you know, like old school death metal, um, but not real fast. There's a lot of like slower riffs, uh, definitely dig them. And then also been jamming the fuck out of uh, Skeletal Remains. And I was telling you guys before we started recording that I was watching a true crime documentary. And they said, uh, you know, something about skeletal remains. And I was like, man, it's been a while since I've listened to those guys. I need to go check them out. And then I was watching another one and they mentioned another band by name, you know, in the in the true crime docs. They're always talking about blunt force trauma and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, And sometimes they'll say a name that like, man, that would make a really good band name. And then there's some where, like in this case, Skeletal Remains Maybe want to go check it out. And I've been jamming the piss out of them, you know. So really, really oh, like yeah. the True Crime Docs for all sorts of inspiration, even <laughs> when it comes to my metal. So appreciate that. All right, bands. If you're in a band and you want to be uh, heard, then get a hold of us. You could send it to me at Pete at com. And there's no guarantee we'll play it. Just got another one in today. So appreciate the band that sent that in. We'll be in touch. I got to check it out. So if we dig it, we'll play it. Maybe we'll interview you. Uh, maybe I you know, might do a review of it even. Uh, so just send it in. And uh, you could do it old school also. Murder Metal Mayhem, P.O. Box 554, Hayworth, Illinois 61745. Stickers, stick. yeah, some Pop-Tarts even if you want to be extra nice. But not required, not required. But if you want to throw them in, we'll, we'll eat them, that's for sure. All right, uh, the 666 Club, guys, that's our Patreon. We appreciate all you Patreon supporters out there. And if you want to get in on that deal, it's only 3 bucks a month. That's patreon.com slash Mayhem, And I'll link to that, as always, in the episode description. All right, guys. Well, we have done plenty of metal tonight. So, have yeah.
2: we, though? We seem like we've we seem like we've lost part of our structure. Where we do we not talk about what metal we're doing next time?
0: Yeah, you oh, know, yeah, I yeah. think I left that out last time, so I apologize for that. Let me uh, <laughs> let me add that to the notes. So, what uh, what did you want to uh, say, Joey?
2: uh so because i think i got the horns next you do uh, yes so um what i'm gonna do uh chris kind of broke the mold back whenever he did fucking you know an actual fucking musician yeah the band and then pete we fucking did the badass heavy metal parking lot segment which is awesome so um I was going to follow suit with you guys and since I've been so nice. excited uh, about returning back to Tampa to play Tampa Grindfest, uh the what I'm going to do is I'm going to do more sound studios awesome with, with oh yeah with, with emphasis on Scott Burns of course but um yeah, Morris Sound Studios. That's going to be what I'm going to do for my metal segment next week.
0: That's a great sure, idea. Yeah. I think Chris, weren't we when you and I were talking about something you could do one time? I think yeah, I we brought up Morris Sound. That. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. funny you say that, Joey, because that's we had thought about something about that too. So that's awesome. That's a great I know it's one.
2: Not a. It's. Not, I know it's not like the. It's not owned by the same people anymore or whatnot. Like the, right. the house it was at. But you can still go to it and, like, you know, check it out and see it from outside the gates or whatever. And I think this time when I go down to Tampa, I'm going to try to make it a point to yeah go there go and get, there. A, get a picture and shit, you know. Yeah,
0: that'd be really cool, okay. dude. That would be really cool. So, yeah, Joey, thanks for correcting that. I somehow got omitted from the notes from the week before, and then that's how I forgot to do it last week. So chris chris pointed that out to me and i didn't realize that so yeah all right well very good. good well chris what the fuck are we gonna do now buddy
1: let's get our fucking mayhem on
2: hernandez Counseling, a division of Benoit Anger Management. How can I help you?
1: have been stuck in this house with this for a fucking month and a goddamn coronavirus. Fuck that shit. I fucking hate that goddamn beer anyway. Give me a goddamn Modelo. Are you okay, sir? It sounds like quite the commotion going on over there. Oh my God, she's going fucking crazy, man. She plays Royal Army on Friday nights of the Legion. Oh my fucking Christ, she's coming at me with a goddamn knife, dude. Fuck!
0: We're offering our NFL special this month. That stands for Nice Fucking Life. We want you to have a nice fucking life here at Hernandez Marital Counseling. Well, God God damn, that's going back a ways to 2020. Seems like forever ago. Hernandez Marital Counseling commercial. That was pretty funny. My wife, Jenny, on there is the receptionist. And Chris, you were the caller. That was funny. Uh, so You're just
3: <laughs> twisted
0: twisted shit of course and before that speaking of twisted shit some cock and ball torture and the song oh, yeah. enema bulldozer another love song so
1: yeah i've seen the videos before <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, th- that was good stuff, Chris. Always like hearing about a band I don't know anything about. And I really didn't know anything about them at all, other than the name. And of course, just kind of always chuckle when I hear it. Cause, uh, you know, I remember being at a show and hearing somebody screaming it out in the crowd. And it was just kind of funny. Like, what was that? You know? But uh, <laughs> yeah, cock and balls, holy shit. Um. All right. Well, we uh, we're in mayhem, and uh, none of us have a mayhem story specific yeah. to tonight. So, so I think yeah, really uh, yeah I think uh, that's okay uh, that we don't have any. But this is usually I mean, the got uh, a,
2: we got an awesome cage match coming up, though. We really so, do.
0: We, we really do. This yeah. is a favorite of the uh, the listeners. Our killer cage match. That's when we have a list of 75 killers, 75 objects for them to fight with, and they're going to fight it out in the cage, and our listeners prick those random numbers so we know what they're uh, fighting with and who they're fighting. So, uh, Chris, who do we want to say thank you to?
1: Once again, we have the homie Justin Morris. We got... Fucking Juan Blessed with Pain Monina. And we got Ray Bad Mofo fucking McFaul.
0: Hell yeah. Bad Mofo, I guess, this week. Huh? <laughs> the man of a thousand nicknames. All right. Well, we got a good one tonight in the cage. Joey, who do we have in this strange matchup?
2: Going to the playing field, fucking Wisconsin grounds, to go find Ed Gein. Hell yeah. He's going to fight up against fucking the vampire Dusseldorf, Mr. Peter Curtin.
0: Nice. Nice. And Peter Curtin's come up here recently a couple different times in our episode. So I thought that was funny when I saw he was the other
1: Imagine, imagine having a German on a German night.
0: Yeah, yeah, right? Exactly. I didn't even think of that. I can't believe I didn't.
1: It, talking about uh Peter Curtin.
2: I think um the first time I found out about him what may I could be wrong, but I think so. Was whenever I was growing up, and the movie Copycat came out, and that movie's fucking awesome with Sigourney Weaver and um Harry Connick Jr. But uh, the the serial killer in that, not Harry Connick, the other guy, I can't think who plays him, but his name in that movie is Peter Curtin. Oh uh, that's yeah. what he's going that's what he's going by his persona and shit and of course, you know, uh Sigourney Weaver figures it out and she's like, Well that's the vampire of Dusseldorf. But I think that was the first time I ever heard the name and then like got interested and looked into it and shit. So. interesting. Right. Huh. Nice. Yeah, I don't
0: think if I I don't know if I've seen that movie before. I, don't know if I have oh, you,
2: you should watch that. You would like that shit.
0: Yeah, I'll definitely check it. Copycat, you said?
2: Copycat, yeah. All
0: right, cool, cool. All right, well, we got uh, a couple of objects for him, though, Chris. This always makes it interesting. What do they? What do they got in that cage with him tonight?
1: Uh they got themselves a five-gallon bucket full of glass shards. Oh boy! And a gun that shoots ghost pepper sauce. Oh shit! That... Yeah, that's good times right there.
0: <laughs> and the variable, Joey. I figured you would like this one.
2: Yep, Freddy Krueger, and he just ate a handful of psychedelic mushrooms.
0: There you go. Yeah. There you go. That could get interesting. And also, Joey, I thought you would like this. The song is Nookie by Limp Bizkit. So.
2: you goddamn right. It's always Nookie by Limp Bizkit. In
1: my head. <laughs> <laughs> I, speaking of fucking mushrooms, I just saw on the news that they're trying to pass a bill to legalize them, at least medically. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my oh, God. No. Yeah. Yeah, in Illinois, yeah. Oh, wow.
2: Michigan's like that. Like in Michigan, you can grow up to a certain amount or whatever. Right. Yeah, pretty crazy. Wow, that
0: is crazy. All right, so we got an interesting one. We got Ed Gein and Peter Curtin fighting to death in a cage with a five-gallon bucket of glass shards, a gun that shoots ghost pepper sauce, and Freddy Krueger after eating a handful of psychedelic mushrooms and Nookie is jamming the fuck out by old uh, Limp Biscuit as this is happening. So, Chris, what the fuck is going on, man?
1: Well, shit. So, like, fucking Nookie's just jamming in the back. I did it all for the Nookie. The Nookies. <laughs> Take that cookie. So, meanwhile, fucking. Kruger, he's fucking just—he's tripping his fucking balls off, and he's down with that shit. That fucking beat's going, so he's just dancing around, tripping his balls off. Meanwhile, fucking Peter Curtin's eyeballing the motherfucking bucket full of shards of glass. He's like, "Damn, that's a lot of weapons. I can draw blood with, and I need some fucking blood." Oh yeah. So fucking, he's eyeballing it. He's he's going for it. He grabs the motherfucking goddamn bucket and he grabs some glass and fucking Peter Curtin. Yeah, Peter Curtin grass a glass. He's going to Ed Gein, who's fucking just sitting there minding his own business, fucking playing with corpses. It's like, dude, I don't want to die. Go find your own shit. So, like, Gein's able to fucking get a hold of a piece of them glass jars, and he fucking just shoves that shit straight up Peter Curtin's chin just because he just wants to be left alone. He's an old man. Peter Curtin's a gross motherfucker, <laughs> too, but I don't know. I'm going with Ed Gein fucking over Peter Curtin. Meanwhile, Kruger's still over there jamming out my motherfucking Limp Biscuit and shit. But he sees that gun with the ghost pepper sauce. He's like, damn, I wonder how that ghost pepper sauce tastes on my motherfucking mushrooms. So he just like squirting some ghost pepper sauce on his mushrooms. He decides that's a fucking bad idea. But Ed Gein comes walking up with his box of a giant. He's like, i did it all for the nookie. The nookie. And you can the cookie. The they
3: <laughs> <had it>. Wow. <laughs> wow.
1: At that point, motherfucking, Freddy Krueger, his fucking mouth's on fire, and he's tripping his balls off. He's like, wait, am I the one in the dream? Is this happening right now? And he snaps, and he fucking kills that game because he looks like a fucking ghoul. And I'm giving it to Freddy. The tripping balls, Freddy Krueger wins the battle.
0: Wow. Okay, Joey, how do you come back from that one, man? That's a pretty good rendition.
2: I mean, there's no coming back from that, but... uh, (laughs) So, whenever the fucking, whenever the bell goes off, I mean, instantaneously, fucking Limp Biscuit Nookie fucking kicks in. And as soon as you hear them first couple notes, the whole fucking crowd that's watching the cage match just starts moshing. So, there's a huge fucking mosh pit going on around the killer cage match as this is going on. Freddy Krueger is fucking hyped. Freddy Krueger is like, this is dope as fuck. The fucking crowd's into it pretty good fucking scene tripping ball, so he's loving it is is and fred Daniel, durst Daniel.
0: dancing up on top of that cage maybe
2: well they're just blasting it through the through the speakers oh okay. they got a they got an alpine amp hooked up to some badass pioneer fucking speakers and just jamming <laughs> it. all right like out of a car like you're yeah, out, out of the, the, car. Of the yeah, car yeah 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 so, so you know, Freddy Krueger, he's like, man, this is some dope-ass shit. Ed Gein, he's like, God damn it, I don't know what the hell this shitty-ass <laughs> music is or this goddamn whatever contraption I'm looking at or this burnt-up-ass motherfucker over the corner with some claws on his hands. But I do kind of <laughs> like that and think I could utilize that. So Ed Gein, he's just checking out what's going on. And Peter Curtin... He is fucking drunker and shit. He's like, I don't even know what's going on. I just want to fuck something. I want to fucking drink some goddamn blood. I'm looking around. I see some fucking shards of glass. And I can somehow get some blood with that. But Freddy Krueger, so he's got other ideas. Because Nookie has just been pounding his head. Right. And he's so fucking amped up. And little did they know, Freddy Krueger was actually in our dreams while we were doing fucking uh, the, the metal segment earlier. So he was seeing what was going on. So he he saw the cock and ball, fucking episode of our metal oh segment okay. By He's here. He was heard like, it. okay, this is what I want to get into. So Freddy Krueger tripping balls, fucking makes the dream occur. So all of a sudden, Peter Curtin and fucking Ed Gein are wrapped up by the ropes of the killer cage.
3: And oh fucking- no.
2: Brought down onto their fucking asses with their feet beat out in front of them, with their feet touching each other. So you have to picture um, this: they're face to face with their feet touching each other, yeah, yeah. and box touching. He, yep, and Freddy Krueger slides over the box of the fucking or the 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 shards, and he slides over the fucking gun with the ghost pepper. And he was like, ah, you're my pussies now. I want to see some <laughs> cock and ball torture. And all of a sudden, Ed Geek just grabs a whole handful of that fucking glass and starts mashing it into Peter Curtin's balls. And he's just oh. fucking shredding his balls with the glass. And Peter Curtin uncontrollably grabs the ghost pepper gun and fucking slams it into fucking Ed Geek's uncircumcised penis. Because I don't know if he was circumcised, but in this, he's uncircumcised. And all of a sudden... <laughs> he just docks his dick into the fucking gun and blows the fucking ghost pepper in there and cock tortures torture oh. is going on in the ring while Freddy Krueger's tripping balls until they die from fucking loss of blood. Freddy Krueger on mushrooms, he wins.
0: Wow. Okay. Both you guys pick <laughs> Freddy. It's hard to fucking vote against Freddy. Uh, <laughs> and with these two uh, being smaller dudes, I mean, but, but, you know, Peter Curtin obviously had their his youth... Over old Ed Gein, but Ed Gein's a farm boy, man. He's pretty tough, so I yeah. uh, kind of like the way you guys played that out. And I agree, Freddy Krueger, man. How do you how you do you vote against Freddy? You can't, you he can't. He can't. <laughs> but I like that Joey that he was in our dreams, so he already knew what was going on. <laughs> that was good stuff. All right, very good. Always a favorite of the fans listening, so we appreciate that. And thanks again to the listeners that contributed. All right, my website for my writing stuff, if you're interested in uh, that sort of thing, horror, and I got uh, uh, short story collections, I've got novels on my website, petealtieri.com. I'll link to that in the episode description. I got some free samples on there, several short stories, and a couple of parts from my novels that are on there as well. So if you want to read some of it before you buy, that's fine. I got a good web store set up. It's all secure and you could do the shopping cart. So you could pick multiple books if you like, I'll sign them. They all come with free bookmarks and posters. So, all right. And then we've got a website now, uh, murder metal Chris, it's, uh, you know, a way our listeners can communicate with us.
1: Yeah, and you got to worry about anybody trying to edit content on our own website. We can do whatever the fuck we want on there.
0: Right, exactly. So, MurderMetalMayhem.com. Go check that out. We got a web store also. You can buy our T-shirts. We got two different kinds. Our activity book. Getting ready to do a new activity book here coming up. So, that's That's going to be awesome. We're kind of fleshing out the details then We'll start working on that. So that's coming up. Oh, yeah. So murder metal dot com. Joey, you're doing all the artwork. So that's gonna be great. We've already batted around a few ideas, but I like the the Joaquin Kroll uh yeah, idea you had. Sure. So I'm that that'd be a good one. Him, And then it was dope. Ricky Casso and who was it uh partying with Ricky uh, Cas Oh, the Acid Bath murder, right? Or no? No. No, yeah. Yeah, so we uh, we've had yeah, some right. good ideas. We've had some really good ideas here lately. So that should be good uh and go to murdermetalmayhem.com to do oh, all was,
2: that. wasn't it, wasn't it him and the vampire kid from Kentucky? Oh
0: yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh we think uh we're ready to fucking hit that outro. We've done plenty of mayhem tonight. So let's fucking oh, do yeah. it. Well, yeah, another great German band. That was Hell Drifter and the song On Wings of Evil. Definitely dig those guys. Oh, yeah. I've talked about them before on here. Had a couple listeners say, hey, thanks oh. for telling me about Hell Drifter. I definitely started listening and I like what I hear. So that's always good to know. <coughs> Love turning people nice on to some new bands.
1: Exactly, yeah. It's always good to hear that feedback. Like, hey, I never heard of them. Check them out. I dig
0: it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a, a real fun part of what we do is being able to share that with other people and then vice versa, you know, people telling us. All right, uh, Joey, yeah. what about the bumper music tonight? Who did we play?
2: Uh, tonight it was all fucking German shit, cock and ball torture, hell drifter, and surgical strike.
0: Hell yeah, very cool. Yeah. And Chris, that metal segment, intro. Always
1: Always, always fucking Christicks, that great metal motherfucker.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's just such a good song. I love those guys too. And the murder and metal
1: the mayhem. FTA was the shit.
0: Yeah, I know you guys were talking about that when you heard him do "Great Metal Motherfucker." It was like, holy shit! Yeah, I know that song. Uh, we play it every week on the show. Uh, murder Metal Mayhem's intro is, of course, by Low Twelve. So. Thanks to everybody out there listening. We keep seeing the, the numbers and listens and just really awesome approaching that 666,000 total fucking listens. That's insane. Uh, we really appreciate it very much. And we wanted to read a few comments. Chris, what about uh, what about that first one?
1: Yeah, number one, fucking Jimmy, eat your mom. Oh, yeah. Like, like. Croll style or porno style? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Jimmy, your mom, says uh, the Azmad murder was so sick. Loved hearing what you guys did with that one. I've, I've been waiting. I'm listening to you guys every week in Topeka, motherfucking Kansas. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. That's
0: awesome, man. That's... Appreciate uh, you.
3: Spread
1: that's it out in Kansas.
0: The, Kansas is the location of a new short story I'm working on about this creepy old church. So... Uh, That was kind of uh, ironic. I saw that comment coming in. All right, Joey, what about that second one?
2: Uh, Astrid Constellations 5587 said, You guys fucking rule. I really loved hearing Pete and the story of Heavy Metal Parking Lot. Just found out about you at Thanksgiving with my cousins. They were telling me about it, and I've been listening ever since.
0: Hell yeah. Fucking A. That's a good comment. Fuck yeah. Cousins sharing that shit. All right. Keep it in the family. (laughs) And then Aaron (laughs) Kelly 5 comments, love your new website, especially like the CK page. So that's awesome. Got a little tribute to CK on our new website. So go check that out. All right, Chris. What about that last one?
1: The last one, we got Romeo or Romeo 69. (laughs) <laughs> what a fucking that okay. uh, says uh this is my new favorite podcast. I've heard I heard about you from a guy I work with in Tampa and that was two years ago. I love this shit every damn week. So fuck yeah. Fucking go to goddamn fucking grindfest and meet Cashman.
0: That's yeah. right. Taylor, That's you know? right. That's right. Uh so yeah, always good comments, the good to hear them. Uh, You can also pick up my latest book, Slab of Sickness, Terror on the Tracks. Got those two stories in there that feature us in the story. So you got to just get it for that reason alone. The new ending of the 666 Express and then Create the Chaos and the bonus story, Death of a Resurrection Man. I've gotten a lot of really good comments about those uh, three stories. So go check that out.
1: Be a lot of work, but I know you know what I think you should do for the next one you have us featured in. What's that like a choose your own adventure?
0: <laughs> yeah, I've done choose your own adventure with a few of my stories, but uh, yeah. but yeah, maybe I could do one with the, with the next one that would be fun. That'd all be right, crazy. check out murdermetalmayhem.com, that's our website, the web store, all sorts of good stuff. You could join the 666 club while you're there. Uh, 25% off, so it's MurderMetalMayhem.com. Joey, how about your distro? What's What's the latest? I know you mentioned it a little bit in the metal segment.
2: Yeah, <clears throat> I was saying the new Holy Cost and Blondie Fester album, uh, Boobies, Beer, and Blowjobs, or uh, <laughs> Boobies, Beer, yeah. and Booger Sugar. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. <clears throat> But See, uh, that just that just dropped, like, uh, it came out digitally a couple weeks like a week ago but i actually got the physical cds in today um new goremonger shit is coming soon uh i held shit in limbo for a couple of guest vocalists and then some of them kind of fell through it fucking kind of sucks but it is what it is and i understand so i finally just have to fucking get it out I was telling her, I was like, man, I'm going to end up having the t-shirts and the stickers gone before the CD ever comes out. (laughs) It's so whack, because it was supposed to come out on on fucking Halloween. Like, that was the initial release. Oh, wow. Fuck. Yeah, that's a long time ago from now. And, like, literally, my parts have all been done for a long time. So, anyway. Um, But hit me up, FTA Records. I got a lot of shit. Machete Dildo still in there. Uh, The Holy Cost shit. Goremonger shit. PTPP. fucking.
0: Hell yeah, and I link to that in the episode description. Go do that and support Joey's uh, Distro. And you could like us on Facebook, at least the group. We don't have a page anymore, uh, thanks to those douchebags over there. Follow us on Twitter, subscribe to the YouTube channel. You could support the show by joining that 666 Club on our Patreon, and I link to that in the episode description. That's just 3 bucks a month, and that helps pay the bills here at Horns High. So thank you all those that do that already. All right, well, we can't let them go without hearing a karaoke song. This is a blast from my past. So crank this one the fuck up. And until next time, keep one foot in the gutter
1: and keep your fish shoving kids' entrails down the toilet.
3: Still does it in snow down. Sing out a song a of good cheer Now time to roll out the barrel put these gang's all here Roll out the barrel We'll have a barrel of fun Roll out the barrel We've got the cops on the run We Sing got out the a song of cheer. cheer. Time to roll out the barrel. Bunting gang's all here. Roll out the barrel. We'll have a barrel of fun. Roll out the barrel. We got the cops on the run. Out a, song
2: of a police officer said, I'm in a little place called Snowtown in a bank vault, and there are all these barrels.
1: Snowtown will always be synonymous with this horrific crime.
2: Mother! Mother!
3: Man...